nice beaver. Don't you think we ought to make up some animal noises in case we get separated? If you want to run with the big dog, stop pooping like a puppy. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today I'm talking about pets. I've had pets all my life. Dogs and cats, tropical fish, I guess they count as pets, right? I mean, when you think of pets, you think of dogs and cats. I know people have snakes, gerbils, hamsters. I guess those count as pets as well. But I've never thought of those as like the traditional pets. I'm a dog and cat guy. And I know people love their pets. I've loved every pet that I've ever had. I've loved every dog. I've loved every cat. I haven't loved them to the point of treating them as my children. I know some people do. But we're not going to go down that road. We're not going to get into that in too much detail. You can treat your pet however you want to. Pets are important. Pets are great company. Pets give you unconditional love. If you have a dog, a dog is an excuse or a reason to get out of the house every day. You got to take that dog for a walk. Cats are a reason to get up every day. You got to feed the cat. You don't have to take the cat for a walk necessarily, but you do have to feed them every day. Otherwise, they let you know. But pets are important. Pets are important to us. Pets give us companionship. Pets help us with loneliness. Pets give you unconditional love. Even cats, who are basically little jerks most of the time, they somehow know when to give you a little love. Don't get me wrong, I do like cats. Just not as much as dogs. I grew up with cats. My family had cats when we were kids. My family had dogs when we were kids, too, and I'm going to go through the list of pets that I've had. I've always preferred dogs, except for the one cat that I owned that was my cat. And I'll tell you about O'Malley as we go through the list. Yes, my cat was named O'Malley, and yes, he was named after the Aristocats cat in the Disney movie, because I'm that corny. But we'll get to O'Malley. As I said, I grew up with pets. My parents had a dog before they had me. I guess the dog was the experiment. If they could keep the dog alive, they figured they could have a kid. That's what I tell myself. Well, thank God for the dog. If things had gone south with the dog, I wouldn't be around. But they had a dog named Barney. Barney was a Golden Retriever and German Shepherd mix. And they had Barney long before they had me. And Barney was a very tolerant dog. Barney was around for the birth of me and my siblings. And Barney let us use him as our walking aid. We have pictures of Barney patiently standing there as my brother used his long hair to climb up and stand next to the dog. And I remember my mom telling us the stories about how the dog was so patient to let us use him as our walking aid. There's also the story about how Barney stayed with me when I wandered away from the house when I was a toddler. I don't have a specific memory of this. I think it's just reinforced in my memory banks because my mother told the story so many times. But I was two or three years old. We were visiting my grandmother in upstate New York, and somehow or other I wandered away from the house. But that dog wandered with me. That dog stayed with me, and that dog kept me from wandering out into the street. I walked along the sidewalk, but I didn't wander into the street, thanks to the dog. And I remember Barney. Barney was a great dog. Barney was a beautiful dog. Looked just like a golden retriever. That reddish gold hair that those beautiful dogs have. That's what Barney looked like. But I think that hurt Barney in the long run too. Because before we moved to New Jersey, Barney actually got shot. And we think it was a hunter. We don't know for sure. But yeah, Barney got shot. When we moved to New Jersey, we had to take him to a vet because he was all bloody in the area of his, I guess it was his right front leg. I don't remember the specifics of it because I was just a little kid. But I remember my mom and dad took him to the vet 
The thing they put together from all of the facts that they had was that a hunter got him in the woods thinking he was a deer because of his coloring. So the vet said, well, we can amputate the leg because the shoulder was so infected from where the buckshot got him. They couldn't save the leg, so they amputated the leg. But Barney was able to get along on three legs. He was the three-legged dog for many years after that. That was my first pet, my sibling's first pet. It was always my parents' dog, but I consider Barney my first pet. The sad part about Barney was he had a rough life. Not only did he get shot, but Barney is the dog that also got poisoned. I mentioned this on the Twitch stream a couple of years back. This is back in the day before you really had to keep your dog on leashes. Barney was able to run free in the backyard, not on a leash, not on a run. We had a big piece of property back then. And so Barney would run through the woods. My parents didn't let him go too far because, you know, he had been shot. So they didn't want him to go too far. And I don't think Barney went that far. But Barney came in the house one night and collapsed on the floor. And, you know, dogs just don't do that. They just don't collapse. And so, of course, my mom was beside herself. My dad was upset. And Barney died on the kitchen floor. So they took him to the vet because it just didn't make sense. They actually did an autopsy. I don't know what you call it when you do it with a dog. Is it still called an autopsy? Well, whatever it was, my parents wanted to know what caused Barney to die. And it turns out they did a blood test and they found out that he'd been poisoned. And after they found that out, they went to the police and discovered that there was actually a person going around the neighborhood poisoning dogs. God knows why anybody would do that, but that's what happened to Barney. And obviously we were all sad about that. What do you do? What do you do? There's no answer to that. We just live with it and move on. But it's one of those memories that I have from childhood. And I guess with a pet, that's often the first time that kids deal with the concept of death. That's where you run into the concept of something not being with you anymore. Because it died. I mean, my grandfather had died when I was really little, but I didn't really understand the concept. I was old enough when Barney died to get the concept of, wow, that's final. And boy, is that hard to deal with. That's the hard part about pet ownership. You give your heart to the pet. You spend quality time with a pet. They give you unconditional love. You give them unconditional love. And then suddenly, in the blink of an eye, it can be over. And that's a hard and painful lesson to learn sometimes, especially when you're 9, 10, 11 years old. That hits home. And that hit home when Barney died. We also had cats when I was a kid. Now, we had cats because my dad liked cats. I think my dad liked cats more than he liked dogs, but he liked dogs too. But my dad's mom had cats. I think she had six or seven cats at one point. She was truly a cat lady. She had dogs too, really nasty poodles, but she had a lot of cats. Now, the first cat that I remember us getting was around the time that we lost Barney. I don't remember if it was right before or right after, but we got this black and gray tabby. And I don't even remember where the cat came from. I honestly don't. I think it was a cat that was part of a litter that was one of my dad's work friends, but I don't remember. All I remember is we got Clarence. That was our first cat. And Clarence was a grumpy old cat. He was not an affectionate critter, not at all. He had a nasty disposition, but he loved my mom and he loved my dad. He tolerated us kids. He wasn't evil or mean. He didn't go out of his way to scratch us. He didn't leave hairballs in our shoes or anything like that. But he just had this grumpy disposition. I remember that. And I remember as a kid, when we would go away on vacation, we wouldn't bring Clarence with us. My parents actually paid one of the neighbor kids to come over and feed Clarence while we were away. So Clarence was taken care of. But we would be gone for a week or two for vacation in August. And we would get home and Clarence would sit in the hallway every night for about a week after we got back and just yell at us. 
That cat would meow and yowl and howl and growl and just vent his frustration at us having left him alone and at the mercy of a neighborhood kid. And I mean, it wasn't quiet. It was wow, 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 wow. It was just a really loud noise that that cat would make. He would bitch us out for leaving him alone. It would be every night after we all went to bed, we'd go down the hall, we'd be in our beds, and Clarence would sit at the top of the hallway and just yowl at us. Clarence was really mad one year when we came back from vacation with another cat. We actually got a second cat while we were on vacation. We picked up a stray that was hanging around the place we rented for vacation that one year. It was 1977. I remember that because we named the cat Wookie. We named the cat Wookie because of Star Wars. And Star Wars came out in 1977. So we had a little cat named Wookie who we brought home to make friends with Clarence. It eventually worked. Eventually. But Clarence was already pissed that we had been away for two weeks on vacation. He was doubly pissed when we brought the Wookie home. Now, Wookie was just a little gray cat with some black markings on it, about half the size of Clarence. Clarence was a big puffball of a cat. Wookie was a scrawny little stray. And my parents, for whatever reason, took pity on him and listened to my brother and sister who really desperately wanted this cat home. I was always more of a dog person. I didn't mind Wookie, but they really wanted to bring this stray home and my parents agreed. So we brought Wookie home and Wookie and Clarence lived together for many years. Now, Clarence was our only pet for a while before Wookie came and after Barney died. But my mom loved dogs. And so we did get another dog after a couple of years. When you love pets, you don't like to be without them. As painful as it is to lose them, the joy of having them usually outweighs that pain. You enjoy their company. You enjoy their love. You enjoy their spirit. You like having them around. And my mom wanted another dog. Now, I don't know what the reasoning was behind getting a purebred Great Dane, but that was the dog that they got. They got a purebred Great Dane. They named her Penny Royal after a character in a book. Penny was the name we used, but Penny had a full name because as a purebred, my mom wanted to show Penny, so Penny needed a formal name, so Penny Royal was the dog's formal name. And my mom actually went to classes, learned how to show the dog, learned how to train the dog. We actually took Penny to a dog show, and Penny came in second place at the local dog show, and my mom was excited. The dog seemed to love it too. I mean, the dog was a big, goofy Great Dane. If you've ever seen a Great Dane, they're like a giant puppy. They have this goofy mentality. It's like they're too big for their bodies or something. If you can picture Scooby-Doo, but a real-life dog like Scooby-Doo, that's what Great Danes are like. Scooby-Doo is a Great Dane, and Scooby-Doo is not far from the truth. The problem with the purebred Great Dane, which we didn't really discover until after we got the dog, is that genetically, they're not a long-lived dog. They don't last a long time. They're very big dogs, and their bodies give out after a relatively short period of time. And so Penny died after only about seven years. And my mom didn't want to replace Penny, at least not right away. She got Penny a couple of years after Barney died. But after Penny died, my parents didn't get another dog, at least while I was living with them. They eventually got another dog. I don't remember the name of that dog because I wasn't living at home then. I had moved out, gone to college, was living on my own. And a friend of the family had a dog that they couldn't take with them where they were moving. I forget what the reason was. And I forget the dog's name but my parents agreed to take in this dog for the last years of its life. But I don't remember the name of that dog. It's weird. I wasn't there that much, so that's why it didn't stick. But I just don't remember that dog. Now, I mentioned O'Malley a little earlier. O'Malley was the first pet that I got that was my pet. 
O'Malley came from a litter from the cat of the neighbors of the girl that I was dating. I think I have that right. It's been so many years. I forget. But these neighbors had a bunch of kittens and they had one lone one left that they couldn't find a home for. And it was a little red kitten. And you know, red cats are basically idiots. I think that's why we got along so well. I'm basically an idiot. And O'Malley turned out to be basically an idiot. He was a beautiful idiot. He was more puppy than kitten. I don't remember how I trained him to be more dog-like than cat-like. I think it was just his attitude and my attitude. But O'Malley wasn't anything like Clarence. He wasn't anything like Wookiee. Clarence and Wookiee were aloof, typical cats. They had that Victorian-era mentality. Oh, yes, I'm a cat. And don't bother me. I'll let you know when it's okay to pet me. That was Clarence. That was Wookiee. Wookie was a little more playful than Clarence, but they were both very stiff, upper-crust-type cats. O'Malley was a big idiot. O'Malley would roll around. O'Malley liked to be pet. He liked to jump up on the bed. He liked to bite my ear. That's how he woke me up in the morning. I remember this vividly. He would jump up in the bed, crawl on my head, bite my ear to get me up to feed him. Nothing malicious about it. It was a gentle, almost loving, nibbling of the ear. He would play with string. He would play with a ball. He would just be a big dumb idiot doing whatever you wanted him to do. He liked to be pet. He liked to be held. He liked to go places. He would jump in the car with me and go places. He was more dog than cat. He was a big dumb idiot. Now I had O'Malley for a couple of years just before I went away to law school. Before I went away to law school, I talked to my parents. I wasn't sure that I could take care of O'Malley while I was in law school because I wasn't sure how long my hours would be. I knew I had a lot of classes. I knew I had a lot of studying to do in the law library. I just wasn't sure I was going to be able to take care of O'Malley at least for the first year of law school. So I talked to my parents and they were absolutely fine taking care of O'Malley because he would fit in perfectly with Clarence and Wookie. And so I left O'Malley with my parents when I went to law school. But O'Malley, just like Clarence, just like Wookie, O'Malley was an outdoor cat. I would let O'Malley out, and he would go do whatever cats do when they're out and about, and then he'd come home and come into the house at night. Clarence did the same thing. Wookie did the same thing. They were outdoor cats. But living in a rural area, that's the way we raised animals. You let them out. You let them run around. You let them do the animal thing outside. Then you let them in at night. Well, while I was away at law school, as they usually did, my parents let the cats out. For whatever reason, O'Malley ran into the street and was hit by a car. I obviously didn't know about it when it happened. My dad sent me a little note about it because it broke his heart. My dad loved that cat as much as I did. And he knew that I loved that cat. And he wasn't sure how to tell me. They didn't tell me in a phone call. My dad wrote it out in a note. I still have the note. It was such a heartfelt, poignant little note. And it broke my heart that I lost the cat. And it broke my heart that it upset my dad so much. But you know, that's what happens sometimes with pets. That's what makes the pet ownership so powerful and so moving and so painful. After I got out of law school and after I had kids, I got dogs again. I had a couple of dogs, basically one for each of the boys. They were several years apart, so the dogs were several years apart. We got Cody, who is a black lab slash chow mix. If you've ever seen the chow, that's the dog with the big fuzzy hair, like a lion almost. It looks like they have a mane. And they have a blue tongue. I don't know why they have a blue tongue, but they have a blue tongue. And you know what a black lab looks like. It's a black Labrador retriever. So Cody looked all Labrador retriever except for the blue tongue. That's how the vet could tell that there was a chow in there because of the blue tongue. Because labs don't have blue tongues. Cody was a beautiful dog. Smart, very defensive of the family. Now, Cody was the first dog that I trained from scratch from the beginning, from day one. 
Every other dog that I had was my parents' dog, really, Barney and Penny. They trained him. It was their dog. Cody was basically my dog because I trained him from day one. I housebroke him. I took him for walks. I'd read all the books on how to train a dog. You can train a dog to go on command, which is helpful when you're taking them out for a walk in the rain. So I learned how to do that. There's a lot involved in training a dog. There's a lot involved in housebreaking a dog. I would have to leave my office at lunchtime, get home, take the dog for a walk. When they're little, you can only let them go about four hours at a time. Then you got to get them outside and you got to get them to go on command. Otherwise, you're standing around forever. You come up with a command word, and you time it so when they start going, you use the command word so they associate the command word with going. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it actually works. It's not 100% infallible, but it works for the most part. But Cody was very much a member of the family. We had a fenced-in backyard, so Cody would prowl the fenced-in backyard at night. He liked to be outside at night. We'd bring him in overnight, but in the evenings, we'd let him in the backyard. He'd kind of camp out there. And you know, a black dog in the middle of the night, if he heard something, it was like a dark shadow, all of a sudden coming up on whatever he heard and then barking his fool head off at the thing, whatever it was, usually the neighbor. Very scary to have a black dog come out of the shadows at you, barking his head off. But Cody was a good watchdog, man. Really good watchdog. Anything that threatened the family, Cody was right there barking his fool head off. Turns out, though, that Cody had a bit of a genetic condition. Not sure why, not sure what it was, but he developed diabetic neuropathy. He was only about five years old when he died. We'd gone through a lot of things, having to give him insulin, trying to get him under control. Didn't work. Nothing worked to save Cody. And after five years, we had to make the decision to put him down. It was a hard decision to make because, you know, you've got a dog that you love, that you've spent so much time with, that's a member of the family. But the problem was his back legs had stopped working and the vet was saying he was developing blindness in both eyes because of the diabetes. And when he couldn't even get up the stairs anymore, when he couldn't move anymore, we knew it was time. It was a few years later that we decided to get another dog. This time we got a Boston Terrier. Boston Terriers are cute little dogs, black and white, and perpetual puppies. Life is a party to a Boston Terrier. If you look up Boston Terrier, that's the phrase you're going to see more than anything else. Life is a party. They're just always running, always jumping, always happy. Boston Terriers are hysterical. They're little balls of energy from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they finally collapse at the end of the day. And our Boston Terrier we named Bullet because he was as fast as a bullet no matter where he went, no matter how he got there. He was fast. He would just go. He would just go all the time. And Bullet was a lot of fun. I mean, if you've never seen a Boston Terrier, if you get the chance to spend some time with a Boston Terrier, you will feel that life is a party. They just have this infectious joy. There's something about a Boston that's really a spark of life. They just go and go and just get the joy out of life, no matter what they're doing. And Bullet was around for a good 14 years. Bullet was a great dog. If you're looking for a purebred, if you're looking for a fun dog, boy, let me tell you, the Boston Terrier is definitely the way to go. I mean, these days I would go more rescue. If we get another dog, it's going to be a mutt from the pound. It's going to be a dog that needs to be saved. Because there's so many abused or forgotten animals out there, they need love. And that's the way to go, in my opinion. But... Not everybody feels that way. So if you're looking for a purebred, go find yourself a Boston. They're cute, they're small, and they're a lot of fun. The last pet I'm going to tell you about is an interesting little story. Stickler was a red cat. I love the red cats because they're usually big idiots. Stickler was not a big idiot. Stickler was a big pain in the butt. 
Stickler became mine as a result of a lot of things that happened all at the same time, and I kind of inherited Stickler from a guy I was renting an apartment from. I agreed to take Stickler because the guy didn't have another home for Stickler, and I did. But as much fun and as much energy and as much joyousness as O'Malley had when I had O'Malley, Stickler was basically like Clarence reincarnated. A grumpy old cat, always in a foul mood. This one would leave a hairball everywhere. Went out of his way to leave hairballs anywhere you couldn't imagine finding a hairball, you'd still find one there. That was Stickler. I tolerated Stickler. Stickler tolerated me. He knew that I was the source of food, so he had to tolerate me. I knew that I owed him a home, so I tolerated him. But I didn't have any desire to have Stickler. I just kind of had to have Stickler for circumstances that are too detailed and too complicated to go into here. But long story short, Stickler and I were roommates. I think that's the best way to put it. Stickler and I were roommates for about a year. During the estate sale that we had at my parents' house, I actually found a home for Stickler. A family was looking for a grumpy red cat, I guess, but they fell in love with Stickler as soon as they saw him. And basically, I said, you want him? And they said, can we? And I said, absolutely. You even get the electric litter box to go with him. Free of charge. Just take him, take the box, here's all the food, go with God. And so they did. Stickler and I got along because we had to, but Stickler is the last pet that I've had for several years now. And honestly, he's probably why I haven't gotten a pet since. All right, I shouldn't put all that on Stickler. I haven't gotten a pet for a lot of reasons. Mrs. Gamerdude and I travel. We kind of like the freedom of not having to worry about who's going to take care of the animals when we're gone. I kind of like not having to clean up a dog's poop or a cat's litter box. I've been doing that for years. And while I love the company of a pet, and while I love the unconditional love you get from a pet, I hate the maintenance. I really do. The upkeep is such a pain. And then, of course, there's the inevitable parting. It always happens. How many pets did we talk about today? I've lost every single one of them. And that's a loss that hurts. It hurts. I love the time that you have with the pet. But when that time comes to an end, oh man, it hurts. So maybe one day we'll do a pet again. Maybe we'll get another dog. I don't know that we're going to get another cat. But maybe we'll get a dog. I don't know. It's so much work and it's so painful. So we'll see. But that's the history of the pets in my life. I hope this reminds you of some of the good pet stories of your life. And if you've never had a pet, I do recommend getting one at least once in your life just to experience the unconditional love and the constant companionship that you can get from a dog or a cat that just loves you. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of things. As always, I appreciate your support and I appreciate you taking the time to give this episode a listen. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.